Hello and welcome aboard another episode of the Galan Says Podcast, a podcast that you can watch live and interact live with on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Says. You can also subscribe to it the old-fashioned way, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you haven't already, please rate, review, tell a friend. It's also on YouTube, too, so you can watch all the wild facial gesticulations. Got my hair cut today. Whoop, whoop. Got uh, the Peaky Blinders look going on a little bit on the sides. Big fan of my hair stylist, Annie. Yeah, I said stylist. I think some of you guys are very content going to, you know, the cheaper, I guess you could say more reasonably priced, uh, hairstylist out there. And I get it. Haircuts can be really expensive. Got to say, though. How often have you gone to get your hair cut and it just gets completely fucked up? That was a lot, right? This used to happen to me all of the time when I was getting my hair cut. Sicarius23 says, bro, it's about finding the right person. I got lucky. I found the right person. And then when I was in Seattle for a little bit, a friend told me about the right person. So I've had great people cutting my hair for the last seven years. But before that, I essentially looked like a Dragon Ball Z cartoon character. My hair was all like all over the place. It was sticking up in different directions. I'm a Saiyan. You know, that kind of stuff. And luckily, Annie fixed that because, good God, it was rough. It was rough before that. Hey, Paul, what are you going to talk about on today's episode of the podcast? Well, we're going to touch on something that allows me to talk about both the Texans and Seahawks at the same time. I'm going to pull my very weird niche audience together. Houston and Seattle football fans. The two cities who are probably most depressed by football right now. Houston for about a year. And Seattle, after the last 24 hours, I do not blame you if you don't even want to listen to this show. But guess what? We're here. We're together. It's a community effort. My question is this. And I ask this on Twitter too. At Galan says. Have you ever cheated off of someone's homework? Or copied it? Maybe you cheated on a test? Guilty. I want to give a special shout out to my forensics classmate. Um, let's call her Christina. And my sports management classmate. Let's call him Brian. <laughs> For the help that they provided me in specific classes over the tenure that I had at Syracuse University. I'm paying a lot of money. I'm focusing on more important things like blabbing on the radio. They helped me out very much in the classes that I took with them. There was also a test that I may or may not have cheated on in eighth grade. Whatever, Mr. Robarts, it's fine. I did well in all the other classes afterwards because I studied. But look, <laughs> Sicarius23, oh, you were that group partner. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to deny it. I was the person that was there to entertain everybody else, you know? It was like the podcaster that they didn't know they needed. Just sitting by, talking to them, entertaining them with all sorts of hot takes. Hey, let me tell you about why I feel like Ronnie on the Jersey Shore is a giant piece of shit and why Mike the Situation is also kind of a giant piece of shit and why pretty much every character on the Jersey Shore except for Pauly D and Vinny is a piece of shit. That was me. That was the contributions that I was bringing to the group. And honestly, I feel like they were necessary. But I, I think a lot of us have maybe done it in a rather tame fashion, right? You've seen a friend's homework. Maybe you're looking over at the test next to you and 
You're copying somebody else's work. Well, after the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos yesterday, I would like the Texans to do that with the Seahawks. I would like the Texans to keep an eye on anything that the Seattle Seahawks do in the coming weeks. NFL Combine's done. At the NFL Combine, we saw that, at least from what I've been told, the Seahawks did an interview with Malik Willis, the rookie quarterback out of Liberty. Did they fall in love with Malik Willis at the Combine? I don't know, and I guess we're not going to find out until pro days a couple of weeks from now. March 21st, Pittsburgh's having their pro day. Kenny Pickett, one of the top quarterback prospects, he'll be there. So you get to watch him in shorts. Pro days are fucking stupid, in my opinion. Remember that pro day that everyone made a big deal about where Johnny Manziel was at Texas A&M and someone was just bashing him in the face with a broom? You know, the combine workouts for quarterbacks, the the, the pro days, they, they don't really matter. But it's a chance for people to see these prospects in person. And generally, if somebody routinely is in attendance for performances. That's really what they are. Performative displays, like ribbon dancing at gymnastics in the Olympics. If they're there, then generally there's some sort of interest that these guys have in those uh, prospects. So March 21st, Pitt, Kenny Pickett. March 22nd, Liberty and Malik Willis. He's going to be having his. March 23rd, Matt Corral at Mississippi, Ole Miss. He'll be doing his pro day. So back to back to back, you're going to see the top three quarterbacks by, uh, in the eyes of many, all practicing or doing whatever the fuck they do um, in front of a bunch of people in shorts. I say to keep an eye on what John Schneider and the Seattle Seahawks are doing because John Schneider has been at the right pro days for the right quarterbacks in the past. He was at Patrick Mahomes' pro day. He was at Josh Allen's pro day. Those two are pretty good. Is it sheer luck the hell's calling me? Oh, my mom's calling me. Should I pick up? Should I pick up? Talk to my mom right now? Hang on. Let's pause for a second. Hi, mom. Hello. Hi. Uh, right now, uh, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing my podcast. Okay, bye. All right. Love you. Bye. Uh, that was my mother, everybody. Catherine McGran. Anyway, where the hell was I going? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, John Schneider has been at the right pro days for the right quarterbacks in the past. Patrick Holmes, Josh Allen. I'm resetting exactly what I said just a couple of moments ago. But, I mean, those are pretty good pro days to be at. Maybe he saw those quarterbacks and he thought to himself, you know what? If they fall in the first round, I should take them. You don't want to pass on a generational kind of prospect, even if you do have Russell Wilson. And I guess Russell Wilson was a little bit miffed by the fact that John Schneider went to these pro days. I don't blame him for it, but at the same time, if you're a general manager, it's your job to constantly evaluate your roster. You don't know when a quarterback like Russell Wilson maybe won't look the same, look the same way that he used to. And don't forget, John Schneider drafted Russell Wilson. Third round pick. Even after he signed Matt Flynn in the offseason to that big contract. Now, uh, we've also seen John Schneider at Trey Lance's pro day, and we still have yet to see whether or not Trey Lance is good. So it's not like... John Schneider, if he goes to a pro day, this quarterback's going to be a good player. However, he has a pretty good track record. And I would like the Texans to keep an eye on whatever the Seahawks are doing right now. They have the ninth overall pick. If they have the ninth overall pick, is it because that they are looking to swap that num- that ninth overall pick 
for a quarterback? More on that in just a moment. Or is it someone that they're perhaps looking to draft? Who could they be looking to draft? Let's think about that. Who could they be going after? If they visited with Malik Willis, and if they go to Malik Willis's pro day, that means that they might like him, and that means that they might think he's really good. If they think he's really good, I think John Schneider's track record means that there's a good chance he will be good. And if you're the Texans, you're picking third overall. Do you want to miss out on a guy that John Schneider feels like is going to be able to fall into his lap at number nine? So I know we're talking about what the Texans do with that third overall pick. Hey, they should go after an offensive lineman. Hey, they should go after a pass rusher. But I think that they should definitely dot their I's, nailed it, cross their T's when it comes to the quarterbacks in this year's draft. I get it. We all think that they might suck, and they probably will, at least compared to quarterback classes of years past. This might be just the worst possible year to be drafting early if you are a team that thinks you need a quarterback. And quite honestly, the Texans might not even think that they need a quarterback. They might be so gung-ho about Davis Mills. Personally, I'm not. I feel like you can do better. I think we should always feel like we can do better in life. Perhaps that is dating culture in 2022 with all of these apps seeping into my brain where I constantly think I can do better than the beautiful person that I may or may not have matched with, had a great conversation with. Yeah, but is her butt as perfect as I need it to be? I can't say. These are the kind of things that we all do these days. But I think when it comes to quarterbacks, you should always be doing that. You should always be spoiled. You should always be somebody who's picky. Never settle at that position. Otherwise, you're stuck with Kirk Cousins. Vikings fans hate Kirk Cousins. That contract is a really tough one to move. And yeah, I get it. You can trade any quarterback if you can trade Brock Osweiler in this league. But come on. Some teams are stuck with quarterbacks that they don't really want. Carson Wentz got that big contract from the Philadelphia Eagles. Jared Goff got that big contract from the Los Angeles Rams. And then look what happened a couple of years later. Carson Wentz today, he just got traded. The Indianapolis Colts foisted him on the Washington Commanders, who definitely would have rather had Russell Wilson. Okay, back to Russell Wilson again, huh, Paul? Well, now that this trade is done, this is the other thing that I wanted to discuss today. I think there's a chance that the Seahawks actually would trade for Deshaun Watson. And I feel like if you're Nick Casario, general manager of the Houston Texans, you are ringing the phone just like my mom called a couple of minutes ago. You are definitely trying to make a deal happen. Because that's a team that I think Deshaun Watson would waive his no-trade clause for. Washington, I'm not so sure about it. I'm guessing that's why they settled with Carson Wentz. It's a mess of an organization. You know, it it would be nice because clearly they're very aggressive about getting that next guy. But there's also the whole, they're in Washington, D.C. D.C. and Congress would probably take a look at Deshaun Watson and see him as someone that they could target not for noble purposes, but someone that they could, you know, put the head on a spike to make like their lawyer career, prosecution career or something like that. And there's also the whole, hey, the Washington commanders just had to change their nickname because it was racist and their owner is under investigation for sexually harassing everybody, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's a lot of things I think for Washington where they're like, do we really want to bring this storm in as well? Even if he's definitely the best quarterback left. So back to the Seahawks. I think they might trade for Deshaun Watson. First off, they saw him in that amazing game back in 2017. I don't know how many people watched that game between the Seahawks and the Houston Texans. For anyone in Houston, you'll remember that as like the longest fucking sports day ever. 
Remember how long that day was? It starts off with the Sunday game where you're not even sure if the Texans are going to show up on the field because Bob McNair had said earlier in the week that those comments had been released from the meetings where the Players Association and owners were all trying to figure out what to do about the kneeling during the national anthem, which was such a big scandal. It's so dumb, the outrage over that. But whatever the case, back to this. There was a chance that the Texans weren't going to take the field that Sunday. And Bill O'Brien hate them all you want, was the one that convinced those players to get out on the field for that game between the Texans and Seahawks. And it was one of the best football games that I think I had ever seen. It was where Deshaun Watson showed, okay, this guy's great. It sucks that he tore his ACL a couple of days later. To me, it took a little bit of the fun out of the whole Astros winning the World Series thing, but I'm a football fan. But Watson in that game threw for 400-plus passing yards, um, 402 yards, Four touchdowns, yeah, three interceptions, but he was a rookie on the road in Seattle, and he kicked ass. You know the Seahawks remember that. Is that the only way that they're going to evaluate someone like him? No, but Watson, his entire career, has shown up in big-time games. And if you got a 70-year-old head coach in Pete Carroll, and sure, you release Bobby Wagner, but I'm not putting too much stock into the release of Bobby Wagner as some move that is going to really hurt the Seahawks. I don't think he's been very good over the last couple of seasons. I think he's a Hall of Fame player. I get why it sucks that he gets cut the same day that Russell Wilson gets traded, but, you know, it's it's not the, the biggest loss. I don't know that the Seahawks necessarily believe that they are pressing the reset button entirely. And if they have that ninth overall pick, okay, that's a decent trade chip to give to the Texans. Now... Are they going to give up all the picks that they just got from the Denver Broncos to get um, Watson? I don't know about that. But, I mean, I feel like that's definitely the starting price that I would be asking for from Nick Casario. But anyway, back to the Seahawks and why they might be interested in Deshaun Watson. They've taken guys, flyers on them with checkered passes before. Marshawn Lynch in Buffalo. I mean... Not only was he not playing particularly well, but that was a guy that a lot of people looked at and said, like, oh, he's a douchebag. Oh, he's a thug. Like, all of the things that you hate to hear players be called these days. And we all know, anyone who's lived in Seattle, like, Marshawn's just the best. The absolute best. He's a joyful personality. Just didn't like it in Buffalo. And there's some other things that may have been going on there. But whatever the case, he goes from Buffalo, where he is perceived as this guy who's terrible, and he goes to Seattle, and, I mean... You know, he's, I think, one of the most beloved Seahawks in team history. Took a flyer on Michael Bennett. They took multiple flyers on Josh Gordon. And they they don't seem to be a zero-tolerance organization when it comes to the things that we care about now after the Ray Rice video. Frank Clark had a pretty bad incident at Michigan. They still drafted him. Jaron Reed had a pretty bad incident with the Seahawks got suspended six games. They didn't cut him then. They were supposedly interested in Antonio Brown. Was that because they were trying to appease Russell Wilson? Was that because they were so starved at the wide receiver position that they thought, oh, he might be a good addition? Or were they just willing to look the other way at some of the stuff that had been alleged about him over the past couple of years? Like sexual assault, shit like that. They are a team that has been willing to turn a blind eye in the past. I feel like they might be willing to turn a blind eye again when it comes to the quarterback known as Deshaun Watson. I don't know why I said like the artist formerly known as Prince. Whatever. 
Something I did not get to talk about yesterday because obviously the Russell Wilson trade popped was this story. Did anyone see the press conference that Russell Westbrook did after a uh, Lakers Spurs game where he went into detail about something that's really been bothering him? He's done with fans calling him Westbrick, which is, you know, a clever name considering he is not a good shooter. I mean, he's one of the worst three-point shooters given the volume of shots he's taken in league history. So fans are calling him Westbrick. It's pretty funny in my opinion. But after the game against the Spurs, Russell Westbrook said this, a lot of times I let it slide, but it's time to put a stop to that and put it on notice. He said it's gotten so bad, he's worried about the potential impact it's having on him and his family. And he says he's going to do everything in his power to stop it. Which, pause for a moment, that sucks. I don't want to see fans getting kicked out of games for rather innocuous chance. It does sometimes get to a point where somebody who's saying the same thing over and over again for the entirety of a game, it gets old. But if you're a fan, you're watching a game, and you're chanting things like Westbrick at a guy who legitimately sucks at shooting threes, who also has clearly a massive temper problem that gets mad about all sorts of things on the court. Why not? It's fun. It's part of being a fan. You're paying money to watch the game. You're paying money so that you can yell with friends while you're drinking alcohol and watching. Don't be a dick. Don't be saying the worst things possible there. But what's wrong with this? I see nothing. Anyway, Westbrook continued... Me and my wife were at a t- teacher parent conferences for my son. And the teacher told me, my son, no, he's so proud of his last name. He writes it everywhere. He writes it on everything. He tells everybody and walks around and says, I'm Westbrook. And I kind of sat there in shock and it hit me. Damn, I can no longer allow people to call me Westbrook. On the baseline in that game, he was telling us some San Antonio Spurs fan, don't disrespect my name. Okay. When you bring up family, it's a it's a shield that a lot of people see and immediately say, yeah, you got to stop. But this is a lame thing to bring up. Oh, wow. The son of a millionaire basketball player is being bullied at school. How long do you think that's going to last? How many of that kid's friends are going to continue to do that knowing that they can have the play date of their lives if they're hanging out with Russell Westbrook's son? We're talking about Los Angeles here. We're talking about the most materialistic place in the, in the, in the country. You know, I don't think five-year-olds are that different. You know, you're going to be like your parents probably if you're living in that general area. But Westbrook in this press conference, like a lot of other players you've seen recently bring up like, Yeah, I'm thinking about my family. And I hate that that gets brought up because it's a defense that never gets challenged. This is a lame defense for don't disrespect my name. Yeah, my son, he really loves his last name. And when people say Westbrick, he gets sad. That's such a lame excuse. Family. Like you're Dom Toretto here. Like, okay, I guess that that's a shield. But... We've seen it in other places, too. A little bit more controversial on this front is something that we have seen Ben Simmons talking about his mental health and about how that's something that he wants to work on. I'm sure he does have some mental health issues given the way that 
things have gone for him in Philadelphia and given how mean Philadelphia fans can be. But at the same time, you say mental health. You haven't shown up for work for like the entirety of this year. And you're still getting paid. And just about zero people in the world can do that in life where they're going through mental health issues and they can just take off months at a time from work. Weeks, okay, maybe. But the average person can't do that. And you're expecting someone to empathize with that person or expecting criticism to stop because you just say mental health, family. That's bullshit. And I hate that we do this without challenging it ever. It's fine. Certain situations, I'm sure it's justified. If somebody is sliding into Russell Westbrook's wife DMs and saying, fuck you, bitch, or something like that, that's terrible. Things like this has happened to me before. After my little chill dog experience, I was getting people that were threatening to rape me and my family, murder me and my family, shit like that. I let it roll off my shoulders because I'm used to it at this point. I think most people anonymously online are just full of shit. They don't actually mean anything. I think they just want to get a rise out of somebody and they realize that they can do it from the comfort of their keyboard or wherever they're typing with their thumbs. But are we going to just accept, oh, well, he said he said that someone talked about his family. You can't do that and just believe this person 100% of the time. And I tend to believe, too, in, in, in certain situations with fan-player interactions, in the NBA specifically, I, I think that the guy that gets to sit in front of the microphone after a game gets to embellish the story. He's the only person telling the story. We don't hear two sides. I mean, we don't generally get camera evidence of what actually took place. So, to me, I, I just think about some of the Karen types that will yell or scream or get angry at somebody in customer service and then perhaps embellish, hyperbolize their actual experience. For the most part, it might be right, or maybe they're just totally making it up to get their way and screaming like a psychopath. How is that that, com that different than some of the times where you see players accusing fans of things? Should we believe players every single time? I, I think skepticism is warranted in situations like this from time to time. A couple other things before uh, we hit the road. This is a fucked up thought that I had. Please don't hate me. And I only had this thought because regular listener, uh, Stroh's fan I know, on Twitter had this to say. We saw that uh, Deion Sanders had had two legs amputated, which bums me out. Deion Sanders was such a freak of nature athletically. Baseball star, football star, one of the best corners we've ever seen, one of the best returners we've ever seen. And to hear he had some complications that caused him to lose two of his toes, bummed me out. But then someone who has listened to the Vanessa and Gallant radio program enough said, Paul, we know you constantly <laughs> believe you are faster than everybody. And yeah, I, I think I'm faster than most of my listeners. Actual athletes, not so much. But I kind of want to race Deion Sanders with three toes. Is that bad? Is that a bad thing to ask to do? I think I would lose still. Like, I still think Deion Sanders would kill, would kill me in a race with just three toes. I just want to race a good athlete, a real athlete. Is that, is that so hard for people to understand? Like, fine, I'm going to dust you watching right now or listening right now. No offense, I'm going to dust you. But I really, for the love of God, want to run against a real athlete just to know how much slower I am than them. To pop that balloon of confidence. To let me know that, yes, Paul, you are a bullshit athlete. Nothing that you have ever done actually <laughs> involves skill. That's all I want. Please. Please, please, please. Thank you very much for tuning in to today's edition 
of the Gallant Says podcast. We do this daily. And if you want to interact, join the Sicarius 23. You're a strange little man. Yes. I'm not denying that at all. I am very strange. I am very weird. Um, but if you want to join in the comments section, uh, show the cat before you leave, says Sicarius. Uh, I kicked her out of the room. She's been basically like clomping around. There's a couple of things to my right. She's jumping up on like my, uh, my printer, which I think she broke. And this little shelf that's to my right as well. Clomping around like a crazy, crazy little kitty cat. Next time we'll bring the, we'll bring the cat in for the episode. But, um, if you want to interact, like uh, you see on the <laughs> rude, look, uh, sorry. She, she is too loud when she's in here and too distracting. How the hell do you expect me to do a show when there's a cat next to me? I can't do that. I'm going to like pick it up and like pet it and make weird songs and sing to it and stuff like that. Call her by all the weird names that I call my cat. Like, um, what do I call her? Call her sometimes the wee babe McPherson. No idea why. Uh, doodle Anya, No idea what that means. Floofelbutt, floofs, moops, bunkles, bungle. Yeah, I call her all sorts of names. All of them. All sorts of names. <laughs> Sakari says, I don't hear a problem. Uh, next time, we'll bring the cat in. I'll use her as a prop. Maybe more people will watch. Maybe more people will interact. But I appreciate everybody for joining, seriously. And if you want to, in the future, be involved in the conversation, I will answer any question you just need to ask. I will pause mid-topic with this ADD mind of mine and move on to a side tangent. Because we want this show to be like the old Galan at Night radio show in Houston. The most interactive sports talk show in Houston, nay, the world. Or the old Paul Galan show in Seattle. The most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, nay, the world. We didn't have anything to back up that secondary claim or the first claim either. But if you just say it enough, people will believe you. So you can watch this live, twitch.tv slash Gallant says. I encourage you to do so. It'll be up on YouTube too, so you can see all the facial gesticulations. You can see what people said in the chat as well. But if you want to just listen to this old school style, podcast style, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course on SoundCloud, if you haven't already, please like, rate, review, subscribe, all that shit. It means a whole lot. Until tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central Time on Twitch. I am really Paul Galan. So long. Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful day on this Wednesday. I forgot the day. Okay, bye.